Welcome to the Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Tackling some of the biggest issues in men's mental health. So today, really lucky. Uh, this is episode 10. Didn't think we'd ever get there, but we are. Big 1-0. Big 1-0. Uh, we're joined by Barnsley's Finest. Um, she used to do uh, Hersey's Daily Dose on the radio. Bronze for diving at school. Um, <laughs> she now does the Stephanie Hurst show on BBC uh, Radio Leeds. Yeah, uh, you've been a guest on it a few times. Co- really, yeah, really lucky. A couple of times I've been Brilliant. on there, so thank you very much for having me on. Uh, thank you. And today's show is, you know, we cover quite a few topics. It's massive. It's, um, I'd probably say it's probably about not giving up. In a roundabout way. Not giving up. It's about being true to yourself. You've really got to listen to this one, to be honest. Uh, I don't really want to give too much away, but... It, it's, it's, it's different uh, to what we've done before, yeah. I think. Because uh, Stephanie's not a sports person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you... Apart from the diving. Apart, yeah. Apart from the diving. Yeah, I think if you... Yeah, me Peter. and sport, not yeah. the... Yes. I always lost at every game. I've, I just become... I just, I'm so happy to lose. It's like, yes. <laughs> So there, are, there for <laughs> so there aren't cycling links today, but no. Steph is a human being yes. who experiences mental health, like we all do. Therefore, yeah. what we're about to talk about is relevant to everyone. So please listen to this episode. It is pretty. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty powerful. It's awesome. It's awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. The Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Hello, yeah. Welcome back. This is episode ten. Bit of a milestone. Um, didn't think we'd actually get here, Tom. So episode high five, ten, high five, double digits, double digits. Um, so uh, today we're joined by um, Stephanie Hurst, Barnsley's finest, Kez. Kez. Uh, Kez. Hey, listen, we've Kez. only just we've only just got electricity. It's amazing. <laughs> Kez is Barnsley. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> like come here, our Casper. Come here, our Casper. Uh, uh, yeah, I go right, everywhere. I, I go everywhere with a with a Kestrel and. Uh, Stephanie currently does a Stephanie Hurst show on BBC Radio Leeds, which I've, she's very kindly invited me on twice, mm-hmm. and she's been really amazing, really made me feel, uh, she's listened to me, uh, which is really nice. She also got bronze for diving at school. Wow. Uh, I, did, I did. Or it might have been 100 metres. <laughs> some sort of aquatic uh, Yeah, there was some endeavor. aquatic thing going on, <laughs> although I was scared of the swimming teacher. <laughs> Uh, should should we ask why? <laughs> she was a big, big lass, she was a big lady, and she just didn't mess with her. You know, she's. Um, are you aware of Jeff Capes? No. no. Google Jeff Capes. World's strongest man. She had shoulders like Jeff Capes. You didn't mess with her. I'm gonna Google. She it. was. She was. She. You just didn't mess with her, and you were scared of her. So she told you to go down and get that brick. Yeah. You got it. Did you ever get that? You know that chlorine smell. Oh yeah. You, yeah. When you smell it now, do you feel a bit? Does it send you back? It sends me back to a place of uh, standing on the edge of the pool and. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Get, going to get that that brick that Were they took down in your pajamas. And trying to put on that cap, that white or black. Oh yeah, yeah trying to getting you all your that? hair inside it and then sticking it on. And everyone laughing at each other <laughs> brings back memories. That um, uh, so yeah, thank you ever so much for for coming on. We've been trying to get this um, over the line. Well, no, not for that long, have we? Really, a uh, couple of months. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? Because you guys do a podcast all the time. Is it difficult to kind of? arrange guests with their diaries and your diaries and sync everything together yeah it can be i mean <laughs> just, yeah. to be honest Tom, tommy sort of oversees the organizing so yeah. he's great with that but yeah to get three diaries together in this day and age is really yeah, it's hard, hard it's, isn't it? it's difficult because you've got to get jungle and these guys to have a slot so this is the studio where we're recording this like, <laughs> funnily enough jungle is my old boss so Alex Jungus is his name, but his nickname's Jungle. <laughs> I asked him if I could call him that on the is way. There, is there a yeah. reason? I said, "Can I call apart, from, apart from just the name?" Jungus, but... Jungle, Jungle oh, is I, massive. I want some like incriminating stories. <laughs> there ain't any really, because um, we know each other. No, we don't. But we've got a mutual friend. As in, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my happy uh, Jack Cutsworth. Happy Jack, Jack Cutsworth. So for people that don't know, I used to work at a radio station called Galaxy. God rest its soul. And um, Roger was the managing director and Jack used to work at Galaxy as well. Because obviously if you're the MD, yeah. you get your son a job. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you do. Yes. Uh, and he's not happy at all, is he? Like, hence happy Jack. Do you Jack. know what? You used to say he's not happy, but I always thought I always found Jack pretty happy and generally just a... Uh, I don't know, just a nice... A nice Tommy's making a face nah, as Jack, though he's not happy. Jack, nice. Jack Maybe a, it's from just you we don't like. And he's miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but his brother, on the other hand, is lovely. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, but no, we... Um, we've got it together. We've got it together. Uh, this is number 10. We've made it to double figures. Yeah, I, I should have baked a cake. 
Uh, yes, yes, you should have. <laughs> yes, <laughs> cake would have been nice. Ten candles. Um, Steph, what what brought you here today? Why did you even come on this podcast? I uh, paid her. <laughs> okay. Only a tenner because it's the tenth podcast. We're gonna have all the other guests asking for money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. How did it come about? Really? It just. It Don't just... know. You just messaged me. You just asked me. Do you want to? Do you want to come on podcast? And I'm like. Yeah. I've got nothing better to do. Not better to do on uh, on what's the date? Monday, Monday the uh, 17th of February. Monday's. 2020. Uh, I do just want to say that uh, before we do crack on, February's been really tough. It's been a really tough month, February, for a lot of reasons. And unfortunately, on Saturday, the Caroline f- found out Caroline Flat took her life. Look, I didn't know mm. her. I'm not claiming to be one of those people who says that they know her, but that really hit me. That really hit me like a ton of bricks. I've always thought she seemed like... You know, such an amazing person. And we were just talking about it downstairs. Mm. You know, it seems like February, people say January's tough. Fuck that. February's been so hard. So I think um, we were just saying, even if you think someone's okay. Check in with them. Yeah. I guess it's a two-way thing, isn't it? People can check out with each other, but also people can also communicate to other people if they're struggling as well. I think it hit me, I think it's hit a lot of people this because... It, it made me realise that it can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, it can happen to anyone. Because she just seemed the epitome of um, fun, attractive, pretty uh, jobs, great jobs, uh, dancer. She could do anything. When my mate said it to me in the pub, I said, no, nah, that's one of those clickbait. Yeah. But... Um, you never know what's going on, um, as you've talked on this podcast before. You never know what's going on behind that smile. You know, she's she's had a few dramas in her life, and I think the press intrusion, the impending um, outcome of the CPS, mm. of course, all the legal stuff, um, that clearly had a, a massive impact as well. And she obviously just felt there was there was no other option. And when you get to that point, and I've been at that point where I very nearly took my life on two occasions, you can't see, and you've been there, haven't you? Mm. Yep. You you can't. It's almost like you've got blinkers on. You you can't see. Everything's monochrome. Yeah. And for you, that is, you just want to make all of the... For me, it was, I just wanted to make all of the noise of the outside world stop. There was no stop button. I didn't have a stop button. There was no way to facilitate it. The only way was to drive into that intersection at Junction 37 of the M1. Mm. Because for me, that's where the carriageway on one side is further down. 37 coming southbound is higher and that would mean i would crash into the central reservation i would roll down the embankment and crash on top of the roof and that would be the end of me Mm. and that was my constant thought every single day on my way home every single day for a decade but what for 10 years yeah 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 i would say for 10 years (sighs) jesus Christ! and then you think well why didn't you do it but it was there it was there and the only reason i didn't do it like that is because it was the impact to other people, the impact that would have on to somebody else who would be that person that I crashed into. I could have taken another life. I didn't want to do that. Mm. So then it was, I, I've got a, I've got a car, I've got my first ever car. This sounds ridiculous, but um, I've got a Vauxhall Nova from the 80s, a hot 80s hatchback, which I passed my driving test in. <laughs> and on my old radio show, um, it was it was sat on my dad's drive and it was rusting and it had not been driven for years. It, it actually was my dad's originally. Bear with me on this tangent. <laughs> it was my dad's originally. Um, and I didn't, because I'm sentimental, I didn't want to get rid of it. I didn't want to part with it mm. because, you know, the memories of driving when I was 17, 18 and 19. And, um, and we talked about it on the old breakfast show that I used to do. And someone said they were, they'd happily restore it. This car took so bloody long to get restored. If it had been restored sooner, I wouldn't be sat here. Right. Because apart from the Junction 37 in Central Reservation, the Nova doesn't have a catalytic converter, which means you can mm. gash yourself in it. Mm. And that was a fault. If I'd have got that car back restored, my plan was to take my life in it. But I didn't get it back until I'd sorted myself out. So that happened for a reason. I didn't get that car back because I'm meant to be here. That car was delayed and took for bloody ever to get restored because I was meant to not take my life. But if I'd have had it restored, without doubt, I'd have locked myself in my garage. Bang, that's it. Because the car, A, meant so much to me. And B, it felt right to do it in that car. 
What? And there was no one else that he, I wouldn't include. There'd be no one else involved. It'd just be me. Because I looked at the other, the other ways of taking your own life. The other and options. The, the other options. <laughs> and, you know, there was options for them to go possibly wrong. Well, this one just felt, it felt mm. right. I feel so wrong saying this stuff, but I'm talking no, it's, from... No, you're, you're speaking from, the truth. I'm speaking the truth. I fought things like that, and it's not pretty. It's not. It's, not, it's awful. And it's thank awful. God I managed to get the right help um, in my life and my situation. And I spoke to friends about it. Mm. Not many, because a lot of people, I think, you may have spoken to on this podcast or, or whatever, or you meet in life, they don't tell anyone. Mm. They just do it. There was no cry for help. Apparently, that's when you do go ahead of it. If you, yeah, if you put it on social media, yeah. it's more of a cry for help, yeah, cry which, for we, help. which is equally as sad. Yeah, but I never told anyone I was going to. I was never told anyone I was doing this. Wow, was, that, that was my would plan. You, would you tell people about your, your depression and how you felt, or would you, or did, did everyone just think radio program successful, loving life, DJ, music? Did everyone just think you were just? Yeah, yeah. Or did people have inklings <clears throat> that? You know, um, maybe the veneer of you was yeah, unveiling. I, yeah, I think on the outside looking in, it looked, you know, charmed life. You know, biggest breakfast show outside London, mm. national chart show to 8 million listens on a weekend. Amazing friends, nice house, not a ridiculously stupid house, just a four bed detached in Barnsley. We didn't have electric back then. <laughs> owl, owl post. Yeah, owl post, exactly. Yeah. Um, Aston Martin sat on the drive. You know, that kind of stuff. But mm. they just... Meant nothing. Just possessions, aren't they? It's just material stuff. It don't mean out. It's it's who you are as a person inside that means something. And if you're not happy internally with yourself, whereas I, I knew my body was wrong from my first memories, I knew that I wasn't a boy. But So for those that don't know, I'd, I'd changed my gender. But I'd known that. I'd known from, from, from my first memories at school, I remember... Because I don't talk about this much anymore. And I like, because I don't want it to, to define me. Yeah. yeah. So I pick and choose my, I suppose, the, the, the key word of the moment, or words at the moment, is safe space, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I, I pick and choose where I talk about this now, and this feels like the right environment to be able to talk about this. I respect that, though. I do yeah. not, because you... I appreciate that. We're the same. We don't want people to think, oh, they do mental health, you, you, you know, it doesn't define It'll start to define it. And the, 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 that's, the, that's the danger that if I spoke about this all the time mm -hmm. and tweeted about it. I don't tweet about it. I don't, I don't want to be a series of contradictions going, oh, I don't talk about it, but I do. Just when you're happy. To, but yeah. when I'm happy and when it's the yeah. right time and this feels, when you asked me to do it, it felt the right thing. The amount of stuff that I turned down, it's like the Philip Schofield coming out thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, my phone was read out all day from media outlets wanting me to talk because I did mine quite very publicly on Five Live. I did an interview with Stephen Nolan. It went crackers. It went viral. The interview was such got such response. They replayed it again the following night. It was the back in the day, back in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, when it happened. It was Five Live's biggest downloaded podcast ever. Things mm. have changed since then because podcasts are huge, like we are now. We're, we're sitting on one now. Um, so all of this stuff happened. And I got to a point where I was like, this is just defining me. And then the Philip Schofield thing and everyone were ringing me to, you know, what's your comments on doing it publicly? It must have been so difficult for mm. him. I just didn't want to talk about it because I thought I'm, I'm just being that go-to person. So I did no interviews about it. I did nothing to do with it because it's different. But also, you know, I don't want to be that go-to person that people go to because it's something to do with A, coming out, or B, gender, or mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I want to be, I want to be in control of, of how I talk about it. Um, but I'd known from a real early age that something wasn't right. I knew that I wasn't a boy. I knew at school, in fact, this happened several times. Do you know at school when they put the girls and boys, they part them. So the girls go over to one side of the classroom, right. the boys go to the other. Yeah. I just used to get up and go sit with the girls because without even thinking, because that yeah. was my natural state of comfortableness. Felt, right. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't even, because I just, you know, I just didn't even, back then boys and girls, because it was the first, you know, the first time you start going to play a group or infant school or something like that. Um, and, you know, they raised this to my mum. So this had been going on from an early age. And I, you know, biology works in many different ways. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, all of us look different. 
we're all different and that's what's beautiful about the human race in fact every single person is different and should be celebrated and biology sometimes has an off day it's like biology goes out has far too much gin and then the next day it's got to do some creating and sometimes it puts things in the wrong order children can be born with learning difficulties children can be born with limbs that are different all sorts of different things and sometimes, you know, the brain can form opposite to what you come out looking like. Mm. And that's all I had. And I just fixed it. I Googled brain transplants. They don't do them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd look for that. <laughs> so, Despite what, uh, yeah, loads of movies probably say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not real. Lobotomies, yep. that's what you don't want. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the only thing was to correct. You know, it's just like if you've got a birth defect or something's not right, you have it corrected. You just do, mm. or, or you live with it, or you know, it's something that you could live with. Um, whereas for me, mentally, it was draining. I couldn't do it. I was wrecking relationships. I was sabotaging my life. Um, in fact, to be honest, the more I tried to sabotage my career, the more natural I sounded on the air and the more I got promoted. <laughs> so I was on this vicious circle. What do you mean by I, that? What do you... Because I just started didn't to care. just, I just didn't care. I just started to just, just talk about every, it's like a, there was no filter. I right, just talked yeah. about everything just, that was in my head. Just being yourself. But yeah, it was yeah. just, but, but people, people liked, loved it. Of course yeah. they do. So I was like, oh God. Of course they do. So if it had stayed a, if I had stayed a bland, boring DJ and just played the hits, slaving over a hot turntable. <laughs> um, people like, yeah, but yeah. I probably wouldn't have been as successful, I guess, but. I don't know. So I had to correct it and I corrected it. But the journey to that, the mental health that, you know, it was, I was at work for four or five hours a day, mm. but there's another, you know, mm-hmm. 20 yeah. or 19, 18 hours right. left in a day where you've got to survive outside that radio studio. Yes. So how are you doing it? I don't know. I genuinely do not know how I did it. I busy, my diary was packed. Right. It was, it was unbelievably busy just keep so busy. to me was keep busy just do a million gigs yep. be here there and everywhere do not stop distract yourself distract, from everything distract, else going on underneath yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <clears throat> be in relationships that just I wanted to fulfill me but weren't fulfilling me at all amen to that being mm-hmm. there yeah and or staying with someone because they were your comfort blanket but all you're doing is 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 wrecking ruining their lives. Their, yeah. wrecking their lives. Of course you are. And I but, have... But you have to go through that to see it. I have... You should never have guilt, but I've got enormous guilt about the long-term relationship I had. Thank goodness that, you know, they've now had children and everything's brilliant and they're settled with... The, with I think they're married now and all sorts of things. It's just amazing. But I feel guilty that I, I stopped that for, 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 you know, quite a few years. Should have let them go much sooner. And it was the hardest decision, you know, one of the hardest decisions of my life. And I, I do have a lot of guilt about it. What, what were the reactions from, from people around you when you were trying to navigate this? I'm a massive perfectionist when it comes to radio. I like it to sound messy. I like my shows to sound like, not messy, but it's like a car. It's got four, three perfectly good wheels, but the fourth one's a bit square <laughs> or flat. It might take you somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know what it's going to take you. Um, and I like that unpredictability, <clears throat> but I think to be able to do that, you've got to be able to understand radio and know how it works before. And it's like an actor. If an actor is playing a particular part and all they're thinking about is what's the next line? I'm getting the mm. dialogue right. If you've nailed the dialogue, then you can start to play with the character. It's like there used to be a guy back in the day and if you don't know his name a guy called les dawson yeah oh yeah rings about les dawson could play the piano impeccably but his hat his act was that he played it badly Hmm. right you've got to learn how to play the instrument before you can start to then mess about with it and play it badly right and radio's like that okay i i got i started at radio air a radio station in leeds when i was 12 i got an air at 16 and i obsessed about every single detail to do with radio mm. how it worked from how it got to transmitter from you know from from the radio station to the transmitter to to how the jingles are made and then once you've you know mastered all that lot and you learn all that then it's the craft of being able to tell a story or get from one record to another mm-hmm. and make it blend 
So there's all these things that I just, I obsessed about and I learned, I tried to learn the craft. I'm not saying I got it right all the time and I still don't get it right. And I like that, the fact that I don't get it right all the time. But that was a massive distraction for my, the, the issues that I had yeah. to do with gender. If I obsessed about radio and I, I mean, people used to say to me, you've got nothing else in your life apart from radio. I didn't because all I did was obsess about this thing because it made me stop thinking about right. the other stuff. And I busied myself. And we all do that. If yeah. you've got stuff going on, you busy yourself to Absolutely. make it go away. We, yeah, we've and talked you, about it before. And you never get to the root of the problem. And I got to a root. The, the, I guess the tipping point for me mm. was the fact that when I was in a radio studio, it used to go away. The gender issues and the thought of it disappeared. They yeah. weren't there. The day they started to creep into the studio. So when I'm talking, I'm thinking about that. That's where the problem started. Right. And well, that's and that's in the early noughties. Okay. So that was a galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. I'd had them before, but not I could I could make them go away. What was it that brought them more into focus? Um I'd see one of the the sales ladies walking up the office with a nice handbag and I'd be chatting on the air. And because we had windows all around us in the studio, you could yeah. see so at eight o'clock when the staff came in. I'd be chatting away down da 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 and my brain would go, oh, I want that handbag. Oh, I want that. Oh, that's quite nice. Which is, uh, whatever. That that would pop into my head. Yeah. And then it, it started with that. Then it started with, you know, my body's not right. And I knew all this kind of stuff, but it started to really creep in. Yeah. And that was the problem. So it's something you'd known since birth. Oh, basically. gosh, yeah. Yeah, but I could but make it go away. Make it go I, I, away. I, I, I kind of control and, it. Or I thought it would go away. Right. As I got older. But obviously it's you, so yeah, it's going to come yeah, out at yeah, some point. Yeah, it's going to come yeah. out. It's going to manifest itself in some respect at some point. With um, those um, feelings, when you saw that handbag, uh, I can only compare that to me of when I get these waves of very, 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 very bad depression where they become so overwhelming, you can't really breathe and it's like a mini panic yeah. attack. Yeah. So would that happen? Mm. See, I just find that, I just find that it's consuming. Yeah, I, I I don't understand how, I, you know, it's hard to mm. concentrate when that. Because even if you were with your mum and dad, and they were hugging you both, we had that chat. Remember, we, you spoke about um, having your mum stroke your head, and I was yeah, and I was like, I, yeah. I would I would love that. Mm. Uh, even that doesn't help at that moment of just complete. I think I'm going to call it like. Said like, I think I'm going to call it hopelessness. Yeah, no, I get that. I Just get that. sheer, yeah. sheer despair. When the world stops, you said you wanted to shut it out. Yeah, I, I, I do, I, and I, and I feel for you on, on, on that because I can, ima I can't imagine I'm to do a live radio program, and that feeling comes on every day. Or I genuinely don't mm. know. We did some of our best stuff. <laughs> our last year which was 2013 into 14, we did some, probably some of our best radio and I was in despair. Mm. I was in despair. I mean, Jungle will tell you, who works here, um, I stormed out over the colour of a chair. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. What, what was wrong with the colour? <laughs> oh, it's a long story, <laughs> but it's just, yeah, they'd got some new chairs and, they were wrong and I got one of the old chairs and had it recovered to the corporate colours of the new ones and stealthed it out and stealthed it back in but got caught and then oh it was just a mess Chairgate it was it was that was it I was called it <laughs> were you there I called it Chairgate did you no yeah, I had no idea you just, you just made it up and I think back, I think back now and go what the heck it's because I just could not see I couldn't see yeah and then I do this interview on Five Live well I leave Capital you leave Capital Galaxy then. becomes Capital right we got bought and we changed our name. And then um, I eventually leave. I make the decision. I'd started going to the gender identity clinic. I told my okay. GP in about 2010. Yeah. Now, stay with me on this. Prior to that, I'd been to my GP when I was 17 mm -hmm. and told him how I felt because I had a real bad time around 16, 17. I passed my driving test in the Nova, went <laughs> to the GP surgery in the Nova, yeah. told him how I felt. His words were, I strongly recommend you don't take this path in life. You won't have a successful life. You'll lose family and friends or something like that. Wow. I got back out of the doctor's surgery, sat in the Nova, cried my eyes out at 17. 
that shut the doors to it because I felt I was trapped and I couldn't do anything. So I buried it, cracked on. Mm. Went back to my GP, different GP, of course. Yeah, in understandably. Yep. Understandably, long retired probably. Good. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and then started on, on the pathway of trying to fix it, trying to kind of make this thing go away, getting some psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And all I wanted to do was, look, just, just can, can I fix this? Is this a coping mechanism? Some pills you can make? Just give me something. Yeah, get rid I've, of it. I've got all of these things around me. I've got this amazing life and this amazing career. And I know because how the media has portrayed people like me that have transitioned how they're treated, it'd be, you know, there'd be headlines in the newspaper, there's a sex change Charlie, gender bending freak, all these kind of things. And I knew that that was how people that transitioned were were treated. And I knew that would happen to me and I would lose everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, when it did happen for me in, I think it was 2014, the the Nolan interview on Five Live went out that I did. That was a real tipping point because there was me, Caitlin Jenner, and the boxing promoter Kelly Maloney, right. who all did it in the yes. space of months of each other, mm. and that caused a real tipping point. You got social media on top of that as well. Sure. The, the world had changed, and it was probably the right time to do so you it. Felt things were shifting then. Yeah, yeah, there was a def- definite shift. But my heart goes out to all those who did it before, before. that. The strength that must have taken to be able to do that mm. and think. Fuck everybody else. I'm doing this. Yeah, because this is me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what well, was that? The gender identity service in Leeds, or no? It was wasn't. It, it was, was in, it? Sheffield, in Sheffield, Portsbrook in Sheffield. Oh, okay. Um, now, when I went to the one in Sheffield, from because there's an 18 week period, isn't there? From from surgery to the, the referral. Okay. I just know there are massive waiting lists. Yeah. For, for well, loads of stuff. I was seen within about eight weeks. Okay. Which is, you know, now it's 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 up to three years. Whoa. So if you go to your GP and you go, I've got a problem with my gender, yep. um, it can take up to three years to be seen. Mm. On the NHS? On the NHS. I don't know whether I could have... I don't know whether I could have lasted that long. I genuinely don't. God, if anyone's listening to this and you are in that waiting list, please, 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 please just hang on. You will be seen you will be seen and you might be seen sooner than, than you think, but please just hang on. There is help. I know, I I know, I I know private is sometimes not an option. I didn't go private. I, I, you know, I was in the NHS system, but I was lucky because it was before the onslaught. So Mm. this tipping point happens. Yeah. They see lots of people coming out and this causes an onslaught of people in the system. It can't cope with it. It can't cope. No. So, but luckily I, I got seen and, I think the day I was diagnosed with what they call gender dysphoria, mm. that was the point where the suicide thoughts came back in because I, I couldn't, I was trapped then. Right. I'd known this all along, but having a professional or having someone who is trained in this field yeah. tell you that you've got gender dysphoria, well, you've known all along that you have, yeah. but actually for someone t- someone to tell else you that. to, to yeah. tell you and acknowledge it. Yeah. I mean, I'd done loads of online tests. They do these online, you know, tests where if you answer all these questions, it'll tell you whether you are or whether you aren't. It's all, it's all bobbins. You kind of, were you kind of hoping you weren't? And when he said that to you, was that just, was it like? Do you know, that's a really good question. Was mm. I hoping? Because I, I, I can't say now Tom knows, but I, I don't want to say it today, but I've had a, uh, a bit of a close call with something which... I got told this is what you are and I couldn't handle it. Mm. And I was like, I cannot handle it. It was the best thing that happened to me. It was so, the single best thing. One of the single best things that happened to me because it gave me, oh, at last I know I'm not going mad. I'm not thinking, is this thing going to go away? Right. I, I now know. And it, that yeah. knowing gives you the tools to fix it. it but give, then you can do something about it. Yeah. yeah. You've got, you, you're not going around in circles anymore. You have now got, right. This is what it is. How do I fix it? Yep. It's like a broken table leg. So if the leg on this goes, right? Hear that? Clank. <laughs> if that, that's the right, leg. You've got to have the tools to be able to fix it. So what's it got underneath my fingers? That feels like it's a screw. I think you need a positive drive for that. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can't just screw it in with your fingers, can you? I thought you are an expert on radio. Not It's interesting, the sensor like spiel, isn't bingo. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a flat one. No, start talking about plastering, so Neil. <laughs> <laughs> so <I> sp- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's two screws. So if com- they come out, you can't screw those back in with your finger. Mm. You can't. You need a screwdriver to fit them in. And it's just like you need the tools to be able to fix 
what is wrong. What what were the um like uh sort of healthcare professionals were like that you saw at the at the service? They were brilliant. Were they? Yeah, I mean they they I mean to start with one of the first things they talked about was surgery. Okay. Wow. And I don't know whether they do that to weave out any charlatans and not for one minute would I think that anyone would be a charlatan or coming through the system. But yeah, that that was like, oh. But I was like, well, yeah, it's inevitability if if that's what if that's what's wrong. Uh-huh. Um, but did that give you hope? Because you just said, "Oh, charlatans." I didn't think that. I just, I automatically thought hope. Well, yeah, there was there was massive hope in the fact that once I'd been diagnosed. But even before that, you know, they they talked about well, these are the options, and it is a bit. Whoa, okay, right. Well, this is yeah, this is. Well, I knew this was an inev- inevitability. Yeah. Um. But it's, some, a, it's a big thing, isn't it? <laughs> it, is a, it is a big thing, but, you know, some people choose to, to live with what, you know, what was between their legs. Right. I didn't because no, it, not meant, it wasn't meant to be there from start. So, you know, the Lady Garden installation took place. So <laughs> <laughs> what they call it on the NHS? <laughs> yeah, Lady Garden installation. <laughs> <laughs> the official technique. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? Under L. Lady Ga- oh, there we go. Lady yeah, Garden installation. Because there's no PDFs for this. You can't, no, go, on, you can't go on right. Google and go, oh, uh, right, let's download this. These are the steps. <laughs> and, and how can you possibly <laughs> yeah. sort of summarise the emotional, yeah. you know, process you're going through as well you know yeah there's a lot to go through i mean the psychotherapy and everything that that you know you, you can't just rush into something like this right and there's a reason why this takes time and i think if people do rush into something like this it's um it can end in tears mm. it can you know you can rush things so i think things take their time for very good reason and yes i wish the waiting list was shorter i wish it would take a shorter period of time but it's it's a massive thing to go through and you just you know you want to get it right and that that care is there um for good reason yes yeah that makes sense um and it's the best thing i've ever done and it just shows you that and because i don't talk about it a lot i don't let it define me mm-hmm. so i just get on with my life i don't even think about it right just don't even you, it just you, doesn't you're even just Steph going days, about your life yeah it yeah. just doesn't pop into my head and it's it's interesting actually that that so the interview that I did with with Stephen Nolan on Five Live, I was going to do a coming out video on YouTube, but bloody Tom Daly did one about six months before, and <laughs> damn it, Tom stole my thunder. Was, damn it! So I need to go. And then um, a wonderful lady um, called Megan who. Uh, done all my PR and stuff, and, and she managed all the PR regard around this. Mm. So incredibly well. In fact, she is Tom Daly's PR agent now. Oh, really? Enough. <laughs> she so wasn't at the time, but just weirdly, no weirdly, she is now. Just so, did she say, "Don't worry about that"? Look, we'll just, just dive into the next one. Just see what you done there. <laughs> Bronze for diving. It's, <laughs> it's coming diving. full circle. It's all full circle. It's all full circle. And and she said to me, "Yeah, there's only one way to do this, which is just on the radio." So. um and I think she contacted some media outlets and stuff and Five Live was the first one. They said, yes, you can do it anywhere. You can have an hour mm. anywhere on the schedule outside the breakfast show. And because I love radio and I know how intimate radio can be in just the voice, I decided late at night would be the best time to do it because I love late night radio. And there's a guy called Stephen Nolan who's on um, he's on BBC Radio Ulster during the week. Okay. Does the Nolan show from 9 till 10.30, I think, which is an institution is it in Northern Ireland? It's, oh, right. it's that show. He's got the Nolan show, which is on BBC One and BBC One Northern Ireland as well. And he does Saturday and Sunday on, on Five Live as well. And he does some long form interviews. And I was a subject of one of those long form interviews. Mm. And um, we recorded it on a Thursday, transmitted on a Saturday. I didn't know at what point I was going to reveal this, but after about fifteen minutes or so, fifteen, maybe twenty minutes, I said it. And there was a gap like that when I'd said it. Yeah, just silence. He didn't put back in. And at that point, something changed. My whole world became in colour. I could see. There was no fog. Do you know when you've got a hangover and you feel a little bit disjointed from reality? Mm. Everything feels a bit hazy. Mm. Like when you've had a head-on collision with a gin and tonic. And just 
that fog disappeared. That's great. That. Wow. All the fog from my entire life went. I'd got, cl- I could actually see colors clearly. Yeah. I, I can't, dis- it, it feels, the only way I can describe it is that my world became in color. And I felt like there was me before and there was me, a glass wall and then the real world. And I could never get between me and the, me and the real world. Yeah. And all of a sudden, and it wasn't live. It was in a recording studio like this. There was producers behind the glass and Stephen Nolan sat in front of me. Mm-hmm. But even though I'd said it and I'd said it around a bunch of strangers, I'd never met Stephen before. There was just Megan who was doing my PR. It's the only person I knew that was there. But everything changed. And then that lived as a digital file, digital audio file, until Saturday night and it was played live. And I didn't want to stop it from going out. Right. I was, you know, it was, in fact, I, I got up on the Friday morning and never went back. That was it. The next day, that was it. But my world became in colour and it just changed. It's incredible. So I'm living proof that you can. It's a journey. It took, it took time to get there. Yeah. And for anyone that is, you know, going through a journey that I went through, you know, it, it's not like, I think sometimes you reveal what you've been struggling with and then you for what you transition and people think that as soon as you do it that version that they see is the final version yeah you know it doesn't it takes time for the hormones to work times like surgery and i mean the, someone said to me a friend of mine who transitioned a few years before i mean my body i'm quite lucky i'm five foot seven and a bit my shoulders weren't massively broad but there was some muscle behind them because i used to work out at the gym okay so i got some muscle on my shoulders and I didn't really realize that at all. But my friend said to me, oh, yeah, once you have your Lady Garden installation, there's no testosterone anymore. You're not taking t- t- testosterone suppressants. All of your back muscles change as well. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I said, well, I think they've changed anyway. Yeah. And literally my dress size dropped two sizes wow. within a few months. So it just shows you that it takes time for your body to change. It's in- Honestly, it's incredible. Yeah. And I even now, I'm just like, I'm shocked at the, just how the body can change. Yeah. It takes time. It's not like a, a caterpillar becoming a butterfly and da-da, it's done. It takes time. It's a slow transition. Yeah. But you get there and it's like anything with life. If if you're struggling with mental health issues or or there's something that happened to you in your childhood or something like that that you you couldn't control, but you've got to get to the to the point of, of fixing that and getting the tools to fix it, it is possible. Mm. You can't let these things define you. Never let something in your life that you've not been in control of. I wasn't in control of of how I was formed in in the womb. But, you know, it took me years to be able to get there and find the tools to be able to correct it. And I did. And when I corrected it, you know, it took some time to find you. But I had to go through my teenage years publicly in the space of a very short time. So it's interesting. My facebook timeline do you know what it gives you facebook memories yeah. i've had my nails done there's a picture on facebook what you know but i'm just like i'm going through these teenage years of of documenting what, but you just do yeah so it just it takes time and i think if anyone expects things to be a quick fix don't because it just things yeah you you get there eventually and that that moment on the radio was you going into technicolor because of of what of, of of saying this is who i am all those years of getting to that point and then bam yeah, yeah i never thought the it would be in on. a radio studio <laughs> i think it's quite fitting <laughs> it was actually i didn't it, even it, think it's, yeah. it's incredible it's yeah your home. And, and it's incredible that it obviously it took so long to get to that point but then once that happened in that moment there you were yeah yeah, I've not been back in the studios. I've worked in that building. Have you? But I've not been back in that studio since, actually. I'd like to go back, actually. Just stand in that room. Still there. It's at Media City in, in Salford. I must go back in. I've been on that floor. I've walked past yeah. it probably several times, but I've not been back in the room. I need to wow. go back in that studio, actually, because that's where my life changed. Yorkshire Grit. Was there anything that really helped you to get to that point you know in 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 the dark days when you were when you were thinking of crashing a car and taking your life what what helped friends friends um talking and yeah talking and i know people say that all the time we say it all the time we, but we, we do believe in it. And, and we do and i feel a bit 
I just I do just want to say one thing, and, and we can. You know, when I first met you, yeah, I didn't know. Right. Okay. And can you remember when I came back the second time? Yeah, you said that. I, yeah. I felt like I had to. I was like, so. But you, I, I, how do it, I say this? I, 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 <laughs> I don't want to dodge these, these minefields. I just want to say how I feel. Yeah. I, just, I, 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 I don't care about the political correctness. I just want to say how I feel. So, for me, I, I, I didn't even. I didn't even know. I was just like, this is just a really nice, pretty, attractive woman who I'm talking to. I, it didn't even. Mm. I'm really touched that that that. That happened. I mean, I never, I always, I think when I embarked on this, on this journey, I always assumed that, so I'm getting quite emotional, but I always assumed that I would be spat in the street. I would be ridiculed publicly. I would, I would just have a shit time with this, mm. but that was better than living with the noise that was in my head. Yeah. It would, that was better yes. than, than having to live with that noise, that constant, it's like a tapping on your arm. Mm. Someone wants to tap or you on the, on the arm constantly, that would get annoying after a while. It's like, just go to the gym. I don't want to just go, you'll yeah, feel better after. Exactly, it's that, exactly. And then to get to the other side, and like I said, it, it, takes, it takes years. I can show you photos of me, you know, through that period. It's, it's, it's called transition for a reason. And that's why I don't even, I don't label myself as this trans tag or whatever, because to me, trans mean transitory, moving from A to B, mm. transport. I'm so glad you said that because I wouldn't. I don't even label myself. I don't, yeah. I don't so, even. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I, w I wanted, you know, disassociate myself with that at all. I just don't put a label on myself. And I think that's a good thing. I think if we label ourselves, we, we pigeonhole ourselves. Yeah, we do. And we shouldn't. So to get to the other side and. So you're. Sorry, your 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 friends were were they helpful then in sort of not in in in, in understanding you and helping you forward or yeah my friends were incredible and they never gossiped about it. It's interesting. My friends have since said to me that if they were with other people that they knew, they didn't. Even, it wasn't like there was an elephant in the room. They just didn't talk about it. Mm through respect because they 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 probably didn't know that they knew but they might know that they knew but they didn't right and it's interesting it never got out my story never got out it's because i didn't choose carefully who i told but it was interesting that that no one gossiped about it and i'm i pride myself on keeping my gob shut <laughs> my integrity I, I really pride myself someone tells me something gob shut yeah I know something about something right now that's happening and I've not said a word to anybody, no one. And I like that. I pride myself in that because my parents mm. taught me that from a very early age. The fact that, you know, you keep your gob shut. Mm. You can tell people I'm going to co-host match the day. It's fine. Like that yeah, can, well, that yeah. Can be, <laughs> that can be made publicly. You're taking over from Gary Lineker. <laughs> signed, signed that... the contract, yeah. I've signed it. <laughs> you know, BBC have been in touch. <laughs> we'll have to get the bleep button. Mate, <laughs> yeah. <isn't it>? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my friends were, they were just brilliant. Mm. Um, you know, I could name, the thing is if I name people, then if someone hears it, they go, oh, why didn't you mention me? Uh. <laughs> you know who you are. You know the nights out that we had and the fact that you would facilitate the fact, you know, I could, I could have a night out as me. Yeah. And, or I could go shopping or I could do this or I could just come around to your house and we could just sit and watch telly or I could just be me. This mm -hmm. is before I'd done the interview and, and done the whole reveal and stuff. And, and also guiding me through the, the minefields of getting things right and getting things wrong and what to do and all those things. Lots of things came naturally, surprisingly. And I've yeah. spoken to friends about that, you know, said, they've said to me, clearly this was the right thing because you just do things which are natural, which, you know, you didn't have to learn to do. So, but it was, it was wonderful because, you know, there was, there was 30 years of, of, of maleness to kind of, because I'd been brought up in a male right. environment you know, it's it's interesting the the day where I never had to walk like a bloke again. Mm. Oh my god, that was the best thought, day ever. I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, I used to have to try and walk with a swagger. It boiled my piss. <laughs> it just got me down. What was it like not to walk like that? Amazing. Was it? I just felt. I just felt. I felt free. I just felt free. free. I just yeah. felt. Do you think it was harder because Barnsley is? <sighs> you know. 
No, that no. Do you know what I? I, I Northern I, I, town. Yeah, I worried about. I think you reap what you sow. And I always, on every national or public platform, bigged up my hometown. And I think you reap what you sow. I got. I've had not one bit of hate. Nothing. Nothing. From Barnsley. From yeah. There was a, there was it was the day after I think it was a couple of days after I'd done the interview and I was in my local supermarket and there was a big burly builder hmm. and he'd looked his he'd grafted all day you know he's covered in dust and all sorts of stuff because he'd been you know grafting or whatever he was doing and he just said to me we're proud of you Steph come here and gave me a big hug oh, that's awesome and I was like amazing I've not had one nothing and I think you know if you're a good person. And I'm glass half full as well. I try and I try and surround myself with positive people. Yeah. If you surround yourself with people that are negative, um, and I did have quite a few negative people in my life. Mm -hmm. It drags you down. Oh gosh, yeah. And I never was negative. I'm not negative by by default. Just the people that were around me were starting to make me think negative, mm. and it was it's not good. Bringing me down to your level. No way. I'm glass half full. I'm really interested in, we are just talking about like, what, not having to walk like a man anymore. Oh gosh, what it's yeah. Like in yeah. We, we, our very first episode, we probably say this every episode now, we always refer back to when Johnny Brownlee was on and we were talking about masculine norms. Norms are just really interesting, aren't they? How yeah. how do you navigate them? Like, you know, masculine norms or feminine norms or, or whatever. How, how do you do it? I don't it? know, Jack. I talked about, you know, things that just come naturally. Yeah. That just came naturally, naturally to me that I just didn't have to walk with a swagger anymore. Mm. And I just didn't have to have that, not bravado, but just swagger, I think. Yeah. I didn't come across as a cock. I don't think I did. I always tried to be a good person. Mm. I was an annoying little shit, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, sometimes we all are. We can all be whatever, that. Whatever, gender, <laughs> yeah. whatever gender you are. Yep. Um, I was definitely hyperactive. Definitely. They stopped giving me orange juice and E numbers <laughs> as a kid. Because I was climbing walls, I was going crackers. So, but there was definitely, oh, I don't have to do that again. Oh, I don't have to wear those, I don't have to wear, you know, those boy jeans right. or that boy top or those shirts and all that kind of stuff. It was just a massive relief. So you just like, you just freed yourself from that yeah, expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, but the walk thing was definitely a, that was definitely. I didn't think I realised it at the time, but actually, I think about it now, and just don't have to even think. Don't even think about it. Just and I don't know how I walk. I just walk. I just don't have to walk with a yeah. swagger because you do. You walk with a big, you know, your legs apart a little bit, and you swing from side to side a little bit. You see blokes doing it. You do. Um, you're probably both going to be conscious about how you walk, the rest <laughs> of the day, aren't you? Tom's just looking like I don't know what. Tom is like I'm swaggering all the time. Yeah, I, I've just got so many different things going through my. Me head. too. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've blown Tommy's mind yeah it has been yeah or well, you have stuff. I'm trying to make the comparisons between because I think recently in my life Tom will know more you know I probably I've coming out of it now but it's been five years of hell like, uh, like it has been five years of you know real you know mm. even last week we went out on Friday to celebrate yeah certain things you know i'm gonna have a new job soon and Amazing. that's gonna be a massive i'm really scared because i haven't quit i haven't quit my job because i don't like the people by the way i just want everyone to know because everyone knows my job i think it's a great company but my life uh switch flat because the guy downstairs abused me finished toxic relationships this is like a subconscious thing to start this podcast which i didn't really realize um drugs alcohol um uh, but the job thing, I've always worked on my own. They're all in London. And, you know, I, you know I've told them, so thankful for the opportunity. You've been amazing. Mm. But try being on your own every day. It's not good. I um, When you wake up on a Monday and you've got you to fill your own diary yeah, every yeah. day. Every day. And I see my mate Dave who gets up on the morning and he goes to work. Oh my God. He's like a bastard. You know, he's got to be somewhere. Someone's going to ask him how his day is. And well, I know, I know the grass is always greener and I'm probably going to regret it. And this is a massive risk I'm taking because I'm going to be in traffic on a Monday morning going, oh, you, you idiot, hell. you idiot, Tom, you idiot. I found that I did 
four years not doing a daily show and not being in a radio station, not being, I, I, was, I was working in Media City in Salford at the BBC on a weekend, but it's a weekend and a Saturday night I was doing and there was, you know, there was not many people around. I mean, it was busy, but it's not daytime busy. And then during the week I was going doing public speaking, which I will come on to actually in a second because there's a reason I stopped doing as much public speaking as I, as, I, as, I, as, I, as I once did and I went back to doing a daily show. There's two reasons for it. Um, but I think when you're you're at home, you've got more time to think. It's just if we're not meant to be solitary. Mm. I I get energy off other people. I do. Like moments like this, that's where you know. Yeah, yeah. People go, oh, working from home sounds amazing, right? You fucking try it. Yeah. Let's see how. Let's see. Yeah, you've got to get that balance, right? You've got to get that balance. It's, it's difficult, I think, if you're if you're struggling with your mental health because that's kind of pulling you to stay away mm. from people, mm. isn't it? Mm. But you know, actually, deep down, that if you're around people, it will probably help you. But trying to navigate that can be yeah. really tough. Yeah, massively. Because then sometimes you're like, "All oh, I want to do is be on my own." Today. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm. Gonna oh yeah. Like, so I've yeah I've nowhere near the level of uh, um, courage. You, that you've shown no i disagree but, with that but micro changes in my life in the past four three two years have brought me to a moment now yeah where i'm like well you know i am quite i'm subtly proud of you know the i would be massively mm, done yeah yeah subtly proud not they're not big it's, major things mate don't compare yourself don't compare yeah. you've yeah, done it for I, you that's why i disagree with it because yep. i think you know it, you can't compare it no you know every we everything is massive of course it is yeah to that person so it's comparable in in the fact that you know it's something that's going, something that's happening to you that's massive and consuming you. Yeah. Well, that's just like that it did to me. Yeah. So you can't say mine was bigger than yours. No, because we both had those, and I'm going to call them waves of overwhelm. Yeah, waves. Yeah, mm. exactly. It doesn't yeah. matter whose yeah. whose is a bigger or a smaller. If you both have that moment of I'm going to call it uh, like a hopelessness wave, mm. and you felt it because you can't breathe, you get a bit hot, mm. and no matter if your mum and dad were there. It don't change Mate, the fact that you can't get out of that. Yeah, you, you know if you're experiencing that for you. No one yeah. can take that away from you. Yeah, and not. it's not it's not dependent on if someone else is having it or not. I wouldn't want my worst enemy to have it. Because I've had to ring you, haven't I, when I had a moment in yeah. the car. I was like, I, I can't drive this car. But I, I completely understand. I was like, this is a real You're you know, you're a human moment. being. We all we all have moments like that. You yeah, know? we all have moments. But we like to compare, don't we? we yeah, like we to do. But we like to, as human beings, we like to compare and... You have to have some level of comparison. Yeah. Because if an architect didn't compare to another architect, bridges, <laughs> bridges, <laughs> bridges would fall down. Yeah, and, sort and, of we, and we wouldn't healthy have Healthy comparison, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, we wouldn't have standards in life. Pep Guardiola didn't compare to Jürgen Klopp. You know, you have to have... I'll make him depressed at the moment if he yeah, does. We have to have some level of comparison. Andrew Isambard Kingdom Brew now compared with when he was mm. uh, Arkwright, doing the... Doing the um, yeah, maybe when he was doing the Clifton Suspension Bridge. Telford. Maybe he yeah. could have. He could have. He will have done, won't he? He he he. Because he, he must to push. But people don't think about that. They just see his achievement. But he couldn't Google it, could he? No. <laughs> uh, Ye oldie Google. He'll get, he'll get rumors through the newspapers or <laughs> yeah, something. But like, who's this guy? Yeah. By the way, the only reason I said Arkwright, Telford, and Stevenson then to impress us because when I was at school, <laughs> 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 we were in houses. Amazing. Is that the reason why? Yeah, yeah. I bet you guys like. I love it. How, how often do you trot that out? <laughs> you just no, work no, it into every conversation. Never. Weird. All my life. <laughs> Just it's been a moment. <laughs> episode ten. I'm holding on. Then I'm going to release it. It's the double <laughs> figures episode. <laughs> it's time. Because uh, engineering gags. Stevenson, who did the trains, he, did. he yeah. was uh, his meeting when he decided to do it in Darlington. Mm. To set up yeah, it was the, Darlow, wasn't it? Darlow was in the George and Dragon pub in Yam High Street, which I was at uh, on Saturday watching the Liverpool game with Ross. Wow, Yam's a great town. FYI, the reason why I mentioned that is the fact that I was off the air just working on a weekend, but I was I was in the lucrative market of public speaking. So I would turn up at a business um, and talk about my story, mm. keynote presentation, blah, blah, blah. And I was doing this three times a week. I was talking about this, what I'm talking to you about today, yeah. three times a week publicly. God, what was that like? Draining. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. And it wasn't until my friend said to me, you're talking about it too much. You can't escape it. You're looking at old photos. You're playing old audio from your radio shows. You're just in this loop. You just mm. can't escape it. And stopping that and going back to doing a daily show and working in an office and not talking about it yeah. was the best thing I could have ever done. And it never comes up. I've never mentioned it on my own. Not because I don't want to. It's just, mm. I just don't want it to define me. I just, yeah. I, I, you know, it's just, it's nice not to. 
have to talk about it every single day or it's just nice just to do your job. Yeah. Just want to do my job, be a good person, treat people the way I like to be treated. You constantly have to justify yourself and you don't yeah. want to have to do that every single day. No. It becomes draining. Because, you know, why, why should you? Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you don't, exactly. So you don't think, do that, do you, every day? But we find that a bit, don't we, with this? It's quite... We put ourselves on it. Like, I've got... Just recently, a few people have, like, sent me messages or criticised me for things I've said. I'm like, whoa, I'm not a professional. These are just my views and my opinions, and I don't mm. want it to define me. I don't want to walk through Yarm or Headley and people go, oh, that's Tom. He's fucking... He that's what... I know that's what people are saying now, and it is getting a bit... But you're just being true to yourself. I'm trying not to let it affect me, mm. but... Because I don't want people to necessarily think, oh, Tom does a podcast because he's... You know, I, I'm, just doing it, I'm just doing it because... Uh, but you're not letting it define you either. You're, you're just telling your story. Yeah. And then you're not, you're not going over and over it again every day just to, to make the point. No, and that's why we, we, we don't do a lot of them. Some people do like one a week. Podcast this is therapy. As, this essentially is therapy as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you're telling me. This has helped me loads. Just, you know, I've learned so much. We, we have learned so much. So much. So, it's a real privilege to do this, I have to say. You know, to think that we set it up and... You know, I've learned so much about why people do what they do. Mm. I look at people yeah. now and I go, all oh, right, yeah, I see why you're loud. We are complex human beings. And I think if you're, I've always thought that if you, if you want to be perfect, the perfect version of yourself, you're never going to get there because we constantly change. We constantly evolve. Yeah. You are different now to what you were at five years old. You're a different person to what you were at 15. You're a different person to what you were at 25. Yeah. You'll be different at 45 and yeah. 55 and 65. We just go through different versions of ourselves. Absolutely. And you don't just hit a point and then that's it. And I think this is, we've got a problem with <clears throat> millennial generation in the fact that they want to be sorted by 30. Mm -hmm. You can't be sorted by 30. And please stop saying 100% when you agree with something. Oh, I do that all the <laughs> please time. Please <laughs> stop saying it. Just say yes. Um, it's really simple. Just say yes. Not but, 100%. But your Facebook... We Sorry. Did, we, no, <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's I, right. It's a gripe of mine. Uh, when, we, uh, when I was at uni, we talked about Facebook. Because that's what Facebook started when I was at uni. And you have interests. And you can actually go back to when I got Facebook in 2007. And my interests were tennis. Tennis. Uh, my favourite film at the time was City of God. All these we and then if you look at your interests, you know, I know Facebook and social media gets a real bad. Recently, I've actually seen a bit of a change. I quite like it again now at the moment for certain reasons. But if you look at your interests over the years, so what am I interested in now? Podcasts. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. going to change when I get to forty. Of course. I, I might be interested in um, photography. Yeah. Embroidery. Embroidery, go Embroidery for it. Tree, uh, Crocheting. I, you know, the great the great thing is is that if you get out of this mindset of you hit a stage, then things are perfect and yeah. that's it for life. Once you move away from that, you can then, you know, take action over your life. You can take it in so many different directions. You have more control over it. Rather than being controlled by this idea of perfection, you know? Life is life is amazing. Yeah. You you're not here for a long time. No. I worked out the other day that I am the distance between me and one of my favorite radio shows that I ever hosted. The next, the, the distance between that and my 70th birthday is exactly the same. And I'm like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, because that feels to me, yes, I was a kid, but it feels like two minutes ago. Yeah. You know, I was just a kid, but I loved doing that little show. But that distance again is 70. Yeah. <gasps> I've got a lot to cram in. Yeah. And the thing is, I do not want to die. Life is amazing. And it gives you so many wonderful opportunities. Just just grab every moment of it. Mm. And just, you know, some days you have good days, some days you have bad days. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's, that's all part of being a human being. Yeah. We are complex. None of us are perfect. Sometimes it'll, hurt, it'll ache when you get up off sofa. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Sometimes you make this <laughs> noise when you get up. I did it. First time I did it, I thought someone else were in house. <laughs> but, it was me. But just get up. And just get up. Just get up. And just don't give up. The Yorkshire Grit Podcast with Tommy Bustard.
I just would like to quickly thank the Living Care Group um, for sponsoring it. A guy called Luke's sponsored a few of them now. They're people, they look, they look at private healthcare and they think that no longer should it just be aimed at old and upper class white British people. They're trying to put something together for everyone, basically. It's great value. If you visit healthcareforeveryone.co.uk, they've got an Instagram as well, Living Care Group. They do football teams, they can do blood tests, they do physio, they do basically everything. So Luke's great advocate he's really helping and again neil hendry who is here today from otler thank you very much for sponsoring the show through ph mass milnes pole cycling team got there in the end kind <laughs> of. they have uh, they bring through new talent people like rob scott tom peacock who you were there when you won that amazing race at durham and you gave him that bike change which went viral on youtube which was unreal a young girl called millie cousins just got fourth at the uh, south cross world championships for, for gb so thank you very much for sponsoring the second this second show uh, neil that is great and again thank you ever so much to uh, tom again for giving me your time because i know you're a busy Mate, guy it's, no it's it's an absolute privilege thank you for think, having me people might think we take it for granted trying to get all this shit together but stephanie Hurst, thank you ever so much for uh, for coming on it's been fist bumping all over the place thanks we'll all hug later big hug we'll we'll all be nice and you know (laughs) none of the (laughs) no thank you ever so much it's been been unreal thank you so much the Yorkshire Grit Podcast subscribe now on iTunes and Spotify